Ho, ho, ho. This is your host, Francis Tapon. For the Christmas 2019 edition, we have brought a special present gift wrapped. His name, Sim Blanchard. This time we talk about how Sim has used a variety of DNA services to find out where his ancestors are and then go stalk them, find out where they are, meet with them. It's a great travel objective. He tests out four different DNA kits and he tells you his experience about each one and which one he recommends for what. We talk about his girlfriend, how does he manage a long-term relationship and a long-distance relationship at the same time. But then we talk about travel, his trip to Brazil, his walk on the Continental Divide Trail, and on El Camino de Santiago this year. We talk about divorce, spousal support, how does it work, and how sustainable is his way of life. Any challenges there? And finally, we end with some predictions for the 2020 presidential election in the United States. Great episode. You'll love it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the Wonder Learn Podcast. This is your host, Francis Tapon. In this episode, I have brought back my first person that I've ever brought back. No other guest have I invited back to the show. Why? Because they're all terrible. No, it's because Sim Blanchard has the second most downloaded podcast of all. In fact, for a long time, he was number one until Tour Radar uh, CEO got their podcast to be the number one most downloaded one. But Sim really stole a lot of people's hearts. It was one of my longest podcasts, too, to top it off. Uh, It was over two hours or so. And I was just surprised that it garnered such interest. So here we have, back with us, the famous, the infamous, Sim Blanchard. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Francis. I appreciate uh, being here. It's Good a little be- cold outside here, but we're real men. <laughs> At least I am. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm a wuss. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> so a lot of people in our first interview, most people I think really liked it. That was why it was shared so much, and that's why they it became such a popular episode. But I did get criticisms for having, like, two people wrote and said, in reviews on Apple Podcasts, giving me like three stars for the whole podcast, not just for our episode, uh-huh. and said that I interrupted you uh, too much. I, I didn't feel that, but <laughs> whatever works. Let me try and interrupt you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I think what people missed is, number one, I'm face-to-face with you, and I'm doing it again. We're doing it mm-hmm. once again face-to-face, versus a lot of my interviews are done over the Internet, and therefore there's a lag. And here I'm looking at your eyes. I can, you know, I can, and we're recording. We each have separate mics. It makes it very easy to interrupt. Mm. And the second thing is that we're friends. We've known each other for many years. We've hiked thousands, uh, probably over a thousand miles. Four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We walked across Madagascar. We did the Drakensberg Traverse. Anyway, we've known each other a lot, a lot. And, uh. And as a result, we're like buddies. And then that's another thing is that people think I'm interrupting. Well, that's what friends, you know, friends like talk over each other. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think men oftentimes, even more so than women, are show that almost a sign of affection. Right. In other words, right. uh, just talking trash and, and that kind of stuff is it's, it's kind of a, the yeah. endearing way to, to do it. I don't know why they do that, but that's what men often do. So uh, this whole interview, this whole idea of having you here, Sim, is mm. just to answer one question, actually. Uh, okay. This is a very profound <laughs> question. Don't laugh. This is very important. And I think it's the listeners of this podcast. It's on all their minds. And so I figured I could say this for last, but I figured since it is the most important question I could ask you, I should start with the beginning. Mm. 
So here we go. Sim, how long have you been a complete asshole? <laughs> 67 <laughs> years and two months. <laughs> I mean, like, have you always been an asshole? Yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> because it took work for me. You know, like, I actually had to work. You know, like, you were just born just with this born asshole that skill. Way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's very frustrating to me. You know, like, you have a natural talent to That's be an right. asshole. Yeah. And, like, I. Genetic. Yeah. yeah, it's genetic. It's fucking DNA. And, like, I've had to work to be an asshole. <laughs> and part of this podcast is to help, like, develop, bring out the assholeness. Bring out the wise. Yeah. yeah, so I can catch up to you, the master <laughs> asshole. Right, right, right. Ah, anyway, so tell us what 2019 has been for you since our last, we talked about literally a year ago. Yeah. I and here we December. are at the end of 2019. So give us an update of what you've been doing. Yeah, December I went to Brazil for three months and visited uh, relatives. I found out I have uh, German relatives that migrated, some migrated to the U.S. and others went to southern Brazil. So I went down. Stop. Yeah. Say I'm interrupting you again. No, no, Everybody's yeah. going to call me an asshole. Fuck no, you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but why do, you know, how did you find out you have these relatives there? Um, actually, on Facebook, we kind of have a unique uh, German name, Sauer Essig. And so um, I just, Facebook, they're big on Facebook down there. So I connected and then I used um, a lot of uh, of the genealogical programs, my heritage and ancestry and, and 23andMe. And connected and found the relatives. And we had some letters that went back and forth in 1889 between America and Brazil. And that gave some clues. And I had a relative in 1950 that went down. And so we had some information. And when I hitchhiked down there in 1974, I wanted to go over and visit them. But I didn't have the time or the money. Now I have the time and the money. And so I went made contact and we had a great family reunion of about 100 people in Rio Grande do Sur and, um, and another one in, um, uh, near Porto Alegre. And I'm going next month to uh, another for two weeks for another couple reunions. Wow, so this it's, is so fascinating. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, I, so the, I, my mom just asked me to do a DNA test. Yeah. And yeah. she wants me to get a couple of kits. Yeah. So that we can test our DNA and that kind of stuff. And specifically, she's most interested in ancestry. So tell us about, it sounds like you did 23andMe and another one? And ancestry and uh, tw uh, family search and my heritage. Family search, I never heard of that one. Yeah, that's the Mormon one. You're and a they're Mormon? really good. Are you a Mormon? No, but they're, they have a tremendous, they're just great with the genealogy. Oh, and, and I, guess I so. yeah, I traced. Yeah, because they got to prove that Jesus went to South America yeah, or whatever. Well, I I traced one branch back to K King Canute, who was king of Norway, England, Denmark, and part of Sweden back in 1000 A.D. And he's a direct ancestor. Really? <laughs> yeah. According to, because of, of which one told you? Uh, a mainly family search. Listen, my ancestor's Hitler. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> we're all related. <laughs> that's part of where my asshole gene comes from. <laughs> Mine's King Canute. <laughs> okay, yeah, he was a fucking asshole too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, no, but but I have also heard. I think it was in Bill Bryson or other places. I read that um, basically. Oh no, no, no! It was AJ Jacobs. Yeah, it's um, all, all relative. It's Fabulous. All relative. That got me in, interested in uh, initially. Uh, yeah, okay. AJ Jacobs. Yeah, so I met the guy and he actually oh, autographed one of my roof, and he actually. 
endorsed, he blurbed my The Hidden Europe book. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. awesome. So, cool. yeah, go to The Hidden Europe and you'll see that there is a plug. Now, well, so I endorse your book, too. Yes, I know. Fabulous. I know, but you're not A.J. Jacobs. <laughs> and I'm going to follow in your footsteps in, in The Hidden Europe, too, yes, next year. There you go. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, so... So A.J. Jacobs was basically pointing out that if you go back for yeah. far enough, we're all relatives. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and I went back, I think it's 29 generations, and that's 2 to the 29th, and that comes out to about half a billion. So, <laughs> so I guess it's it's just a matter of who you trace back, <laughs> I mean, how you traced it back. It's amazing. So, so. Yeah, so it's, and, but it's a very profound lesson, I suppose, is that uh, I got this guy uh, when I was, uh, I wrote an article it's called um, Defining the Sub-Sahara. And I discuss about how do we define the Sub-Sahara and that kind of stuff. And this one Ethiopian came in and says that I'm an ancestor of slave traders. You know, uh -huh. like my ancestors were slave traders and I'm an asshole. And, you know, just he, his way. And he said this insult at least three times to me, like mm -hmm. that my ancestors were slave traders, something like that. Right. And I... Actually, I didn't. I don't know. Actually, I, 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 my response to him was, "Well, you probably don't know this, but since you're an African descent, hmm. there's a really good chance that your ancestors were at least some of them were traders. I mean, some were slaves. Yeah. But then there has to be trade slavery. And just Ethiopia wasn't colonized seriously, but still, they had slavery sure. in in Ethiopia." And so, therefore, it's a chance that some of his ancestors were slave traders, making money off, profiting off slave trade. And there's a chance that some of them were actual slaves. Right. And, I mean. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, and who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, so what? I mean, like, we're all, we've all got baggage. And, like, to punish somebody for their ancestry or you got these guys who are like, oh, my parents went from the Mayflower. You know, I'm a Mayflower. I'm like, so what? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. if you go back far enough, we're all related to George Washington, and we're all related yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and we're, we must have been brutal and, and, and cruel to have <laughs> survived this long. Um, <laughs> Somebody we, must have done something We traced one, one branch of our family back to the Swiss Alps, and it turns out it was, you know, we were the uh, Etruscans that had been forced up into the Alps by the Romans, and then when Julius Caesar came through, they did the Pax Romana, which means kill all the men and boys and rape all the women. And then they established our, our, our group as a, a, a colony to guard against the evil Huns that were coming in. So, I mean, um, my ancestors, are, we're, we're pretty, I mean, we've done some vicious things. So <laughs> actually, you're not really that much of an asshole compared <laughs> my, to your lineage. It's my genes, yes. <laughs> it, it's very impressive lineage of, in the of genes. complete asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's laughs> like somebody's listening to this, Sim, and they want to know <laughs> yes. that which one should they do for the DNA tests and all that kind of stuff. I guess for to trace things back and connect, um, Twenty, I, I liked ancestry, DNA, Um to build your family tree, I liked my heritage. Now I have 19,000 relatives that I have, um, that I have on my family tree. Um, for health tests, I think 23 in me. So it kind of depends what's most important. And it'll probably change as they get better, you know, as their, their algorithms improve. So um, that's my recommendations for those. I did all three. And um, and they each have benefits, you know, for the DNA. But I mainly do the G, the the family tree, you know, the 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 program, the database program on um, uh, my heritage. And is there one that you would not recommend? 
No, they all seem pretty good. Really, they all like that. That one yeah. you mentioned, I never heard of. What what was it? Uh, Family Search. Right, I'd never heard of that. I mean, did it really provide stuff that the other three that? Yeah, you used? Family Search. As far as going back, you know, to King Canute, and you know, following it back, they're they're fabulous. You know, that's mm. you can just <laughs> you know follow it all the way back. <laughs> right, back yeah. to the uh, protozoa and the amoeba that you came from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I have one relative that they were a family of 112 p- kids and one father. <laughs> they were Mormons yeah, in yeah, southern yeah. Utah. Yeah. And well, so- actually, I, I know because Rejoice's family, my wife, she has a great—sorry, uh, great-grandfather or grandfather. I think it was the grandfather. It's not uh-huh. that far back. Yeah. And he had 100 children. Wow. Wow. Ten. How many wives? Uh, I think 10. 10. Wow. Or maybe— 15 i don't remember. yeah but yeah, yeah uh, something like that but probably around 10 wives i'm, yeah. I'm guessing but yeah that, and that's like africa like in the 19th sorry the 20th century for god's sakes yeah. like 1960 yeah <laughs> so well this this was utah 1920 <laughs> <laughs> 1999 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no 1920 okay, <laughs> um so yeah it's, it's okay but here's what i don't understand you said how, how many relatives have you traced 19,000 right 19,000 yeah so why out of all these relatives did are did you gravitate to the ones in brazil um just that we had the letters that were translated from german and where did and, these letters come from and they were from between um one relative see i had a, a brother a sister that went to america and her brother and father the conrads went to south america to brazil and they wrote letters the 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 son actually it was the son-in-law wrote letters to my great-great-grandfather and they went back and forth and so we have those and actually they have them down in brazil too. when you say we who who where did these letters come um, from this is, is your father gave german, it to you yeah my german yeah my father did but it was my german family we have a farm up in north dakota that we've had for a hundred years and so um but you they, did, they you were born trans- in southern california i so. was my dad was born in iowa but he went up to northern north dakota where my family originally migrated from germany and norway in uh the central north dakota and they kind of raised their family and and also a little bit in south dakota so my dad migrated after the war from from iowa and my mom from wisconsin to um to america but yeah Okay. And so then, therefore, because you had these letters, you gravitated to these Brazilian yeah. migrants. Yeah. we ha- I have a German um, cousin who translate, got them translated from, from old German to modern German to English, and then I translated them to Portuguese. And so we, um, we went through and, and uh, uh, was, we were able to locate them and, and send them the information and they're big on genealogy, and actually, I'm going to be giving a talk next month to the Genealogical Society in Brazil on wow. uh, Brazil Brazilian uh, German. You know, they're big on tracing, and they gave me a lot of good information that I loaded in, and uh, just all my a lot of my German relatives. Okay, so but Sim, what do you say to somebody who says, "Who fucking cares?" I mean, yeah. like, you know, you like I like I was alluding to earlier. Yeah. You can't control your ancestors, and you shouldn't be blamed or credited. I hate when they credit themselves. They're like, you know, I come from the Mayflower. Like, well, that okay, but you didn't do. No- Sorry, I'm going to go on a slight diatribe no, 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 and tangent here. But the, but this, this there's a lot of people who say I'm proud to be an American or I'm proud to be Brazilian. I mean, I think you have all the right to be proud if you became a naturalized citizen. In other words, you migrated there. 
Mm. Like if I migrate to Germany and become a German, I could become very proud to be a German. Right. But if you fucking born, if you're fucking born in Germany, you did absolutely nothing. And so therefore you shouldn't be proud of that. And similarly, if your ancestor was George Washington, who cares? Yeah. Like you'd nothing. So you shouldn't be proud of that. You shouldn't be proud of anything you did. You shouldn't be proud that you're tall. You shouldn't be proud that you're white or black or male, female. And yet so many people are proud. I'm not proud to be a woman. I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be white. I'm proud to be whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big thing for me um, is the connection and, and the place in history that, you know, who am I? You know, where did I come from? And tracing it back, you go, okay, part, you know, here's this human species. And part of me came from Germany, part of me came from Norway, from Switzerland, from Ireland. And, Going back and seeing these, finding these people, and when they were born, and then reading history and going, oh, this is what happened during Germany in the 1840s, and this is why people migrated out of Germany. You know, here's possible reasons, and, you know, here's, and, and so it kind of puts yourself in the context of history and helps helps me understand history a lot more, and then, and also helps me connect with people in other places. Like I I now have um, relatives in Norway that I'm going to visit, and we went to Germany and visited them as well as Brazil. And it's just a neat, fun way to, to connect with people that you'd never... I mean, it's family. You're connecting all the time with people that you, you really don't have anything in common with. Yeah, but you're you, like your sister. Yeah, my <laughs> sister. Yeah. So, so you get that, um, that connection out of, you know, whole different lifestyles, that, that, and, and, but you have something in common. So. Now, have you ever had, like I imagine that sometimes you call, reach out to say, hey, you're my cousin. And they're like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? There's some people don't care. My son doesn't care. <laughs> but I think at that age, you know, and some people are suspicious and they say, oh, this is a scam. You know, you're trying Your to get Your son money. is like, I don't care if you're my father. No, no, no. You know, I, it, it, it's, you know, he's at but the I'm age your, where he's. I'm your father. <laughs> he's building his life and he's building his career. And that's kind of the last thing on his mind. And at my age, I'm retired now, and so I can look back and I can try and connect the dots, and I have time and the money to do that. So, you know, it, it's just natural at this age that people get more interested in that. And when you're young, you really don't care, and, and you're not that interested in family either until you're older. So it's it's a natural thing. I wonder why that is. I, I think it's just natural. I mean, it's just the time and the money. You know, you're building a career. Who has time mm. to look, you know, at relatives? Find, yeah. And you're, they probably annoy you anyway. <laughs> Looking back at these 23andMe and all this other stuff, it, it's not the best one for genealogy, but it's the best one for health. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I found I had hereditary hemochromatosis and uh, from the genes. and then it's I got, got to do with iron? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that means your iron is uh, low. Your body doesn't give up iron, so you have to either oh, give you have up too much. blood yeah. or don't eat a lot of red meat or something. And my son has it and my niece has it. So um, so it's kind of nice to be alerted and go, oh, you know, I need to give blood or I need to, you know, watch this. Um, so it's it's nice. We'll talk more about health later. But yeah. tell me a little bit more about how this genealogy search has kind of changed you in any way in the last year. Because we're just in Brazil. Of course, we're taking you did so many other things. But has it has it changed the way you look at yourself or the way you look at the world? I guess? Um, yeah, just 
just, I think, in, in putting myself in context with the world and where it is now and where we were in the past uh, personally, I thought it, it, it helped. And just connecting with a lot of, like Brazil, you know, they're fabulous people down there. And there's right. so much like us up here, but, you know. Better. They, but better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't think so, but they are better. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're both really good. And it makes me appreciate my German relatives here in the United States. And that German part of us that I really, you know, you think, oh, this is American. And, and it is, but it still, you know, has German roots. Um, and and the, our, we really intermarried a lot with other Germans, you know, until recently. You know, now we're, we're more open. <laughs> has this changed your relationship with your own family, both above you and below you? Mm-hmm. Has it made any impact? Like um, your immediate family, yeah, your not, nuclear family? Yeah, not quite yet. I mean, I've... I've I've taken, I've gone into my, my ex, my wife's, my ex-wife's genealogy for my kids. And I've traced that back. And she did a DNA test too? No, uh, no, my son did. But, but, but I have that information and, and uh, they're, they're cousins to a couple of uh, union generals in the Civil War, (laughs) which is really neat. Um, So I don't think it has, I don't think they really appreciate it yet, but it's kind of nice that you get that all up on the internet you know it's on the website so that when they do get interested and they do want to make that connection it's up there and it's available so not yet but you know maybe when they get to my age they'll appreciate it or like it okay and and tell us about i mean we'll go on a more personal subject i know that you've got one daughter yes and you have one son yes the son I know a lot more about mainly because he does things that I that interest me, like go up Mount Everest, and he's done the seven summits. Seven summits, yeah, yeah on each continent. I mean, right. the highest one on each continent, right? And and things like that. But your daughter, I think she's like a model. Uh, yeah, yeah, she does modeling right now. She's a Pilates, or the last I heard, she's a Pilates instructor okay. for Equinox in Beverly Hills. And yeah, tell and, us about. I know this is a tough subject for you, but I mean, what is it? Because a lot of times people have the impression that, you know, whenever I'm interviewing anybody, they all show the best sides of themselves and everything is like wonderful and everything. Life is great and that kind of stuff. Your life is really great. That's no doubt about that. But your relationship with your daughter is strained. And why is that? Because I know you for a long time and I just think you would be a great dad. Why is it do you think that your daughter doesn't connect with you? Yeah, I don't know. It it kind of started when she was 13, you know, with the uh, puberty. And I I always thought it would kind of, okay, you know, a couple years, 15 or 16, and, and it didn't, and 18, and it didn't. And now 55. And now she's 30, <laughs> and it and she still hasn't. And I'm sure I could have handled things better, you know, or d- done things better. Um, but Like, what could have you have done better? What do you uh, think? Like, if you could play back the clock and... Try to do I something think, different. I think when she when she said, "Oh my, you know," she plays the victim and she plays the blame game, and rather to me it's silly. And I I kind of laugh and I go, "Oh my God, you know that that's just crazy." But I really shouldn't have done that. I should have been more open and go, oh, "You know, I'm really sorry you feel that way, and I'm sorry if I did anything that caused you to feel that way." Mm. You know, and acknowledged her feelings. And I kind of just. You know, was toughen up. Yeah, you, you yeah. Kind of gave it's kind of like, love. come on, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't play the victim, and don't. You know, it's kind of through life. You play the victim, you're going to be the victim. Right. <laughs> and and so I was more of that attitude, and I probably should have been more accepting. 
Yeah, it's, and it's a tough, tough thing to do. I think that maybe one way to help people who think of themselves as the victim and feeling sorry for themselves often yes. is to take them on a trip to Central African Republic. Exactly. You, know? you go, how bad do you have it? <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, uh, we're living a great life. How about know? walk across Madagascar? <laughs> yeah, get mugged three times. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, this is, did you get mugged three times? Yeah, well, we did. Or Yeah, I got I, once on my own and yeah, then you, once, two, yeah. two with us. Those. The stone. Remember, we got thrown. The stones. stones yeah, yeah. Thrown right. at they us. didn't actually mug successfully. Well, Rejoice they, got got her her backpack ripped off. Yeah, well, that's for sure. With yeah, a yeah, machete. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember if we told that story on our first podcast. But, um, <laughs> oh, lots of good stories. Yeah, that's right. I think. Yeah, I think you told about somebody punching you in the beach, and then Rejoice getting her stuff stolen by these two uh, the guy with a machete, and I and she was all alone in the woods, in the forest, in the jungle, actually. Yeah. And then um, the third time was this guy was—actually, it was really the first time— was those guys throwing rocks at us. and That was actually the scariest. I mean, it doesn't sound like much, but it, I thought we— you know, we could have been in some hurt if those the the Seventh Day Adventists didn't come by and help us save right, us. <laughs> right on the on the motorcycle, they just on a deserted road. Somehow, a motorcycle came by, and uh, just broke up the fight there. Um, yeah. yeah, that was that was intense. And anyway, so any parental advice for? I mean, cause it's every every child imagine is different. Some people would respond well to the tough love, and yeah. others may not. And and who's to know even if in a parallel universe, you had responded with sympathy that maybe she'd still say, well, I hate you anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's you never I know. Mean, you don't know because we don't have, uh, no, we have no easy access to parallel universes. Yeah, there's some good books called on uh, borderline personality disorder, which I think she suffers from. What does it, that mean? It means walking on eggs that they're very sensitive and they play the va- blame game and the victimhood and and people are are out to you know kind of paranoid um i think um and so there's there's ways that you and actually i have a sister like that too <laughs> of course maybe it's me i don't know but but from those books you know it there's certain ways you know you want to listen to them and you want to acknowledge them and you want to keep things open and you don't want to you know disregard them and I think I disregarded them. Yeah, I mean, and, I, 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 I mean, I don't have a lot of times you think I don't have time for this. You know, I don't, you know, that right. I don't I don't want to make put toxicity into my life. And I probably should. Right. It's yeah, exactly. You don't want to bring yourself down by thinking, you know, colluding with people. And, 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 and you might think that you're actually stoking the fire. It could be. Yeah. That if you like reward them quote-unquote reward them mm-hmm. for their feeling sorry for themselves, then they will continue to feel sorry for exactly. themselves, potentially. It's hard. It's really hard. So, I mean, I guess one idea is you just try one tactic and see if it makes any difference, and then you try a different tactic. If that doesn't make a difference, and then just keep trying different tactics to try to get themselves out of a rut. Yeah. But I subscribe to the same philosophy as you. I'm kind of a tough love, take responsibility with your life type of person. Yeah. I'm, I've always been that way. And and it irks me, for example, you know, I'm writing this book about Africa, that a lot of people put the entire continent as a victim. Exactly. And, yeah. and so my instinct is to push back on that notion yeah. and to say, well, yes, they've been dealt a tough set of cards, no question about it, but many people have and many nations have. 
Germany and Japan in 1945 had a real fucking tough, you know, deal. They were like completely buried. And people make a big deal about the Marshall Plan and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we helped them up. But the Marshall Plan, as I explained, the Hidden Europe is actually a really small contribution. It's only like a, a couple billion dollars in their economy. And it mainly went to just a few countries. It didn't go much to Germany. And so they really had to, as a nation, pull themselves together. And as individuals, we do the same thing. Some people... Like Rejoice, for example, my wife, she was an orphan at the age of 14. She didn't, didn't know, she didn't have electricity or running water, you know, and, and you look at her now. I mean, she's really pulled herself together. She didn't, when she came to the United States, she didn't know how to minus or subtract or divide. Mm. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to teach her all that at the age of 24 or whatever she was when yeah. I started teaching her uh, basic math. And she's just about to get her high school yes. diploma here yeah, I mean, and, so she's and stopped, go on. Right. And so this is a, an example of of people who've been victims. I yeah. mean, Rejoice, you could argue, certainly, yeah. as about as big of a victim as you can. She was an orphan. She was threatened with death because she was converting from from Islam to Christianity. And yeah. it was a not availed threat. I talk about that in one of my TED Talks uh, called The Black Sheep. Just yeah. look it. Oh, great. And great talk. She really struggled in many ways. And yet she's pulled back. So whether you look at nations, groups, or individuals, there's plenty of examples of people who've been dealt a bad set of cards and they take responsibility and say, you know what, only I or only me, this group can change this. And we've yeah. got to pull ourselves together. So you got that. Yeah. But at the same time, we, you and I are sitting here from privileged positions. Mm-hmm. We're both white males. We've both been born in California. We're both born in the top 2%. Yeah. on the planet, given education, all sorts of other blessings that really helped us. So it's easy for you and I to sit there on our nice, comfortable, well, we're not that comfortable. It's kind of cold outside. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, and, and to tell everybody, like, yeah, I'll take a responsibility. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's, fuck you. You've been privileged. Yeah. And so it's, and, and some people are really fucked up. I mean, mm. they're mentally unstable and they're just born that way. This man who was a normal husband, started beating his wife out of nowhere. Like he just started becoming super aggressive and eventually physically violent with her. And they finally took him in to like do a PET scan or brain scan or whatever. And they found a tumor in his head. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually went and operated and took the tumor out of his head. And suddenly he was no longer violent. And uh, yeah. So when you say to him, let's say, or I say to him, Hey, Take responsibility. Get control of your life. You know, become a better person. It's all under your control. It's not. May not be. It may not be. You're right. right. Yeah. And so, this guy literally had a physical thing that was. And 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 your daughter, for example, just might have a chemical imbalance. Exactly. That makes her susceptible to becoming either victim or you know victimhood, subscribing yeah. to that notion or or whatever self defeating, that yeah. kind of stuff. And that. Yeah. A lot of times people, and I, I'm guilty of this too, they'll look at the homeless population. You're you're just hanging out with them in San Francisco. I, I'm homeless myself. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> right. And 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 they'll go to San Francisco and uh, and they'll see all these homeless people and say, you know, like, why can't they just get a job? I mean, Rejoice says that. Rejoice, mm-hmm. my wife, she'll say, like, I don't understand. She's like, I came here with no high school diploma. I speak broken English and I found myself getting a job. Yeah. And I did babysitting. I'm getting $23 an hour. And she's doing this. Why can't all these homeless people just get out there? She did. She worked at Instacart for $15 an hour. Yeah. uh, Just 
doing grocery stuff, getting shopping for. I mean, that was her first job out of here, and she got it within a month. Yeah. So she's just like a very much a can do. I'm going to work and I'm going to do this. So she's looking at these homeless people and people begging, or she looks at black people in America, mm. and she's like, black people who are complaining about racism, holding them back, and you know all this other stuff. And then she says, like, well, I'm black. Mm. I'm blacker than them. <laughs> she's really black. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, she's, uh, as opposed to she looks at them and she sees them as brown. But anyway, um, so she, she'll be like, uh, and, and yet, you know, they're complaining about racism. She's I don't feel that much racism. Mm. And even if I do, who cares? I'm pushing through it. You know, right, there's, right, right. there's bad people all over the place. Yeah. You're going to let that all stop you? Anyway, so. But like Pope Francis says, you know, who am I to judge? Right, right. Okay, let's keep judging. <laughs> um, okay, so let's continue on. We're we're really digressing here. Yeah, like yeah. after it, Brazil, interesting. sorry, what were you doing in February, March, in this time um, frame? Or, or oh, April? I flew up to Germany and I met my sister and cousin, and we did a um, a tour around there to look up my German relatives along the Rhine, and okay. that was fun. So this has like po- been the year of genealogy. Genealogy, yeah. yeah. And then I flew back to. Um, New Mexico, and continued on the Continental Divide Trail. I'd done about a third of it, so I was doing another third. <laughs> what third had you done, and what third did you do? I did the first part of New Mexico and part of Colorado and um, last year, and then this year. Why, did you, why didn't you just do all of New Mexico in one shot instead uh, of doing half of New Mexico, half of Colorado? Oh, my mom was dying. So I had to take off, and I took helped take care of her for three weeks. It was nice. Four of my siblings came in, and we all pitched in and helped. And your her. mom was how old? She was ninety-three. Yeah, she lived a good life, and and uh, it was a nice thing for all, all of us to come together in hospice. So I had to cut it short, and then I came back, and we had a few family reunions. So, um, so I yeah, and it's kind of nice to take a break too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Get so, those legs back. Yeah, yeah. yeah so go ahead. Yeah, so I came back and did that and um, met my girlfriend, uh, Patty, for a, a trip up to uh, Ashland. We always do the, the Ashland uh, plays, Shakespeare plays, and went up to Stratford up in Ontario and did that. And we also did, um, I'm trying to think, I think it was last year. Yeah, we did the um, Rocky Mountaineer. We took the, the train from Vancouver up to Jasper. Wow, that and must that have been was nice. fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And then it's a lot uh, easier than hiking the trail. Yeah, <laughs> hiking that distance yeah. along the what is that? I don't know the Pacific Northwest Trail. Yeah, who knows where that goes? And then we and then uh, we were going to spend a month in uh, the Chesapeake Bay and tour around there. And unfortunately, my girlfriend, her her boss, she works for a dentist, and he was murdered by his husband. And so it was pretty traumatic. So she wasn't able to j- join with me in the Chesapeake by Washington D.C. Wow! How so, did he murder? Uh, I Sorry, just, I'm like a big yeah, I'm a big I, forensic guy. So I yeah, always like I to think know. it was an abuse thing, and I'm not sure exactly how, but I guess there was some physical restraint or something going on, or maybe I don't know. Uh, okay. But anyway, he kind of confessed. And so he's in jail now, but it kind of turned her life upside down for a little bit. So wow, yeah. So, wow. but she's okay now. She's yeah. still working at the same place. Yeah, uh, yes. Another dentist is taking it over. Wow. So, but she, yeah, she was working like six hours a week, so four to six hours a week. So, but we just went to um, 
Las Vegas with her daughter and son-in-law, and we did the rock and roll marathon for doing 5K. Uh, <laughs> it was it was easy, yeah. so, but it was it was fun. Yeah, we had a good yeah. time, saw some shows. And then, how did you uh, wrap up the year? I mean, I know we just saw each other last night, so but uh, what was the? Yeah, it was it was um, Las Vegas. I've been oh, I've been visiting a lot of uh, relatives that I hadn't seen, a number of cousins. Okay. that I hadn't seen in like 40 years. And so at my age, I'm, I'm and, and seeing friends, I, uh, grade school friends that I hadn't seen and, uh, and cousins. And um, uh, we had a couple family reunions down in San Diego for around Thanksgiving and just invite everybody in. And we were going through all my, my mom's memorabilia to try and sort through that and, and figure out what to do with it and, and scanning a lot of that. And... Uh, so it's mainly connecting <laughs> with family and friends and um, and then going off and doing physical things like hiking and uh, connecting with the relatives in Brazil. Is this year, when you did the Continental Divide Trail, um, you've done more than half of it. Yeah, right. yeah it's so, probably about 60%. Right, and so yeah. all that's left is Wyoming, northern part of Colorado, and parts of Idaho, and little bits of Montana. Exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah. Those are going to be nice. And so you hope to finish that in 2020. Yeah, that's okay. my goal. And just do it and, in one big and shot. And maybe if I have time to continue on the Great Divide Trail that goes from the Canadian border up past uh, Jasper. But to do that, you really would need to... Uh, and I don't know. That's going to be hard to... Because by the time you finish, it's yeah. going to be near the end of the hiking season, especially up in north. Yeah. So yeah. it's my guess is you're going to finish, let's say, in September maybe. I don't know. It depends on how hard you push it. Yeah. So, therefore, by September, October, already up in the the Great Divide Trail, it starts getting yeah. tougher conditions. And actually, this year, July, it was all snowed in. Right. Yeah. So, I'm assuming that you're going to start in Colorado. Well, where are you going to start? Are you going to start in Wyoming? I'm going to start in Rollins. And I'm Rollins, gonna, uh, Hopefully in yeah. April, and then hike north from Rollins. That nice, flat. Nice, flat, yeah, yeah, yeah. no snow. Yeah, and yeah. then hopefully later <coughs> in the year, maybe July or August, then I'll go back to to Colorado and finish that up. Right. And then hike north again. Yeah, I mean not hike, but bus it north. Yeah, to go to do uh, the Idaho glacier. Mark, glacier. Oh, go and go south. And then uh, no, from glacier go north, and and I do the Great Divide. Yeah, and do the. Oh, Great so Divide. when you do when you're going to do Rollins, you're going to go all the way up to Montana. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you're going to get that whole section done. Yeah. And then go down to Colorado. Yeah. And then if you still have time. Bus it all the way up to Glacier and then go north. Right. Until the snow starts coming. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. No, that sounds like an amazing yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you have a chance of... It'll be just tough, but it depends on your pacing. Yeah. But you can, you can, uh, you can do it. Um, let's talk a little bit about your way of life. You have a girlfriend, Patty. Yes. Who lives in Southern California. San Diego. San Diego, yeah. right? And how is it managing... That because in a twelve month period, do you spend maybe two months with her? How many months? Um, probably about yeah, two to three months right. together. But yeah, usually I'll travel for two to three months, and then I'll be with her for a month or six weeks, 
at a time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I didn't mention we went to southern Spain and Morocco. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's where you saw Scott. Yeah. Scott yeah, Williams. Saw Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scott Williams. And, and hiked the Camino. Um, right. We did oh, part did of the Camino, <laughs> and I did, I did the French way. You know this is a busy life when you can't remember, like, minor things that Sim did. Oh, by the way, I hiked the Camino Santiago, <laughs> which is, like, for some people, their life goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. I mean, you, you're say, uh, I was saying I'm, I'm homeless, and I don't have a car. And, and you're that, a loser. And I'm a loser, yeah. <laughs> and an asshole. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so I've got lots of time to do this. You know, I'm not sitting at home watching TV. So, you know, I'm always moving, and I take time off to to rest and relax. But it's like I don't have to um, spend the time watching TV or getting oriented or, or mowing the lawn or doing the hedges or things like that. It's kind of like, okay, I can just schedule things out and... You know, hit the relatives and do the travel, and and it doesn't cost that much money because I'm not paying rent and I'm not paying for car and insurance and all that stuff. So it's I thought I'd be tired of it by now, but I'm just really loving the heck yeah, out I mean, of it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. A lot of people say that, hey, aren't you going to get tired of all this travel bullshit? I'm like, oh, so far, not yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just keep doing it. So, But that brings up the longevity issue or yes. the sustainability issue that a lot of people must question you on is like dude you're like 67 years old you're an old fart (laughs) and like how much longer can you keep this up what's the game the larger game plan your mother lived to 93 right and so what would you how do you answer that question um yeah i'm sure i'm uh, oh this is going to change when if i if grandkids come and then i'll be focused on them uh, a, a bit more so I may settle down a little bit or, or at least get a place for a couple months near where they are um, but in the meantime you know this this hiking and stuff it really helps keep you in shape and eating right I mean health wise that's so fundamental to longevity and then having a, a, a good lifestyle so you know having a healthy lifestyle the the eating right and exercising and the social thing being connected with people is so important and um you know the clean air and uh, you know all that's really important so i think this and and also the intellectual thing i mean i read i'm able to have time to read a lot of books and the your podcasts mm-hmm. and and podcasts mm-hmm. um it's uh you know it's stimulating you know i'm not vegging out on TV, on the couch watching TV all the time, so I feel I'm, you know, really staying involved, and I'm meeting a lot of new people, and you know, a lot of family. So I think that build feeds into longevity. You know, staying connected is huge. Right, um, right, and and yeah, you're doing everything right, and so there's. I don't even understand the point of the question that some people wonder. It's like, okay, well, we're all more or less every one of us is doing something in their lives until like it becomes painful or difficult or they find something that's more attractive. I mean, we all do that. I mean, you might be staying at a job or career or raising kids or doing something. That's your stage of your life. And then you come to another stage. And so why don't they just accept that Sims right now in his sixties doing this stage of his life? And maybe it will change in the seventies, but maybe not, but certainly you're doing all the right things to allow yourself to physically and mentally continue this for at least another decade. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, 
excuse me, I'm ready to change, you know, if that, if I need to change. Right. But, and you'll do that when, <laughs> when you feel meantime, that way. in the meantime, this is fun. As long <laughs> as you can afford it and as long as and your alimony payments or whatever they are. Whatever. Yeah. Spousal support Sp- finishes in May. Coming okay. up after we're gonna nine have a big years. party. We're gonna have a big yeah, fucking yeah, party. nine years, man. <laughs> <laughs> well worth it. Went to a good <laughs> cause. <laughs> yes. In case my ex-wife wife is listening, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, so, uh, she, but that spousal support. Did she get married again, or what happened? No, no. Okay, so no. that would have stopped had no, she got married. No, oh, it no, it would have kept going. Really? Yeah. So how does it stop? Just time. Uh, time. Yeah. Yeah. We just set a certain time. And, and she, does every divorce set a different time? Uh, you, it depends on what you arrange, what you worked out. And this is what we worked out. Okay. But Cause I mean, she, like, what's the median? Like, this, is there a relationship? Like, if you've been married for four years, spouse support lasts for four years. You've been married for nine years. It's, you know, nine years of spouse support. I mean, I, I have no idea. how. Yeah. This after 10 years, then you have to you can pay spousal support. She came in with a lot of money. So I felt like I should reimburse her for a lot of that. You know, oh, we lived it a pretty good lifestyle. So, um, so you were married more than ten years. Twenty-eight years. Twenty-eight yeah. years. So therefore, the spousal support issue kicked in. Yeah, and it's, I mean, weird. it's something we worked out. It's nothing legal, and it's beyond what was legal. But I, I felt obligated. So you felt that because she had come on with more money than you had. Yeah. So like, would Melania Trump? Like, be supporting <laughs> Donald Trump when they divorce. After. It could be after we look at his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like, it's such an interesting way of looking at it and certainly logically defensible to yeah. say, okay, well, Melania Trump lived a good life. Trump brought a lot more money to the table, I suppose. I mean, we don't know his taxes, but um, <laughs> assuming that he, he, he brought a lot of money to the table and then... So if they get divorced, then Melania will have to pay for Trump. That's right. You never. I know. mean, some people would say, look at that and say, "That's so perverse. What the hell?" <laughs> you know, she should be milking him. And usually, like Jeff Bezos, just divorced and uh-huh. have to give his wife like seventy billion dollars or yeah. whatever it is. Well, you know, I I look at it that it's a team effort. So. You know, if she was in on the marriage and helped support it, and he made that money during that time. But did she demand that? Did she demand that? Uh, no, we just worked out, and we said, "This is here's how what, here's our assets." Like, but who was the first person who came up with that idea? Did you like say, "Hey, I like to give you some money"? No, it's 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 our money. It's not mine. It's it's mm-hmm. ours. And so, you know, by law, it's a you know California. It's a community state, and half of it's hers. And you know, I just made sure it was you know it's it's not like I'm giving her the money. It's like here's her portion of it. So um, yeah. So but so I, she I got just, rightfully what she was hers, and then I I felt there was additional like you know for the kids' education I gave her a bunch of money, and then she she's very good with you know the, with managing things for the kids, and so oh so it's not just spousal support it's also kid support yeah it's embedded all, well, in that? education we we promised to pay their college education okay so it's not really spousal support in the sense that it's not. Your, the money was meant, part of it at least, to go to help the kids. Right. Yeah, a little bit of it, yeah. Oh, a little yeah, bit, yeah, okay. Yeah. So th- they don't break it out and say, okay, this is the kid money and this is the spousal money? We kind of did. I oh, mean, you did, we, okay. We knew how much. And, okay, okay, and, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so it was up to her how she, she ended up moving to Oregon so she could get the lower tuition, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's... Get back to, uh, I just want to talk a little bit more about, like, your way of life and some of the common criticisms that you've heard and, and, and 
kind of feedback that you would like to tell other people listening to this and say, okay, this is my take on my way of life. Mm. Things maybe misconceptions. Anything else that would you would like to share about that? You know, sometimes I hear people that get involved with their communities and that are doing volunteer work and, you know, serve on boards and, um, you know, build that community effort. And, and I miss that. I don't get that. And also things that come up in, a, you know, concerts and plays in a certain community that you're aware of. You know, a lot of times when I'm traveling, I miss those. You know, I, I, you know some, a concert comes up, and I guess I can go there and see it. But sometimes the timing doesn't work out. And, you know, and I try and plan things out like nine months ahead of time. <laughs> and so sometimes I miss out on that. Um, so that's something you miss out on. But you're also traveling to, let's say, Ashland, Oregon, and you're going there specifically to see a performance exactly. that you would have missed had you sat your ass in San Francisco. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I get a lot of opportunities. My cousin had a 75th birthday in um, a party in, in North Dakota, and I, I go, okay, I'm going to go do that. So I, I took the train right. from Glacier and I mean, went to that. Yeah, so so you you have it's not like you're stuck at home and you go, "Oh, I'd rather watch TV," you know. It's like, "Oh, yeah, I can go I can go to that." But on the other hand, you miss out on that community, you know. It, I don't know how much people get involved with their their cities and towns and their neighborhood. You know, most of us are kind of isolated anyway, but for those who are connected, then you're not you're not as connected when you have my lifestyle. Right, right, right. What about health? You know, we mm. talked we talked a lot about health and when we did our last our first podcast mm. together. But I think one of the things that you and I have debated a few times and I think it's worth revisiting is this notion that living a long life, once you become a centenarian, mm-hmm. your in many ways your quality of life can decrease. Yes. And it's like an old car. Eventually like little parts start stop functioning and just like you break down one break down one part. Versus the 55-year-old who just gets a heart attack and just dies, boom. Right. Like one day he seemed like more or less normal. Maybe he was fat or, you know, just, but all of a sudden, boom, he just keels over. Versus the centenarian, the guy who's 105, who's been more or less, quote-unquote, dying for 10 years. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, maybe he was super active until he's 104 and a half and then dies suddenly. But that's, that's my think, goal. <laughs> no, I know that's your goal. I know. Yeah. But I'm, that's everybody's goal. Everybody yeah. would like to have like a, I don't know about everybody, but some people would probably want to have at least a week's warning. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, but, but most people, I think, want a kind of a quick death. Nobody, nobody sits there and says, I would yeah. really love to like have like a 20-year drawn-out <laughs> cancer. <laughs> I don't mind dying. I just don't want to be there when it, it happens, happens, is yeah. Woody Allen says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But I mean, that's, I guess, I hear what you're saying, but I just think that if you look at most centenarians, they all have multiple problems, physical ailments, and Mm -hmm. often mental ailments. I remember reading a statistic that 50% of people who are over 80 years old have Alzheimer's or some sort of dementia. Right. 50%, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. I'm with you. I'm doing everything I can to stay healthy yeah and live as long as i can healthy living can can kind of like increase your odds i guess that's what it comes down I, to. i think that's it it increases your odds and you're trying to avoid the chronic diseases and things like heart disease and alzheimer's and diabetes and you know uh, cancer 
you know, all of those, I think, are, are health diseases that are largely influenced by your lifestyle. And so if you can avoid those and do things that will lower your probabilities of getting that, then you have more chance of, you know, you slowly decay and it slowly goes out. Although <laughs> some people like Ray Kurzweil, <laughs> he reckons the technology with nanobots and, and various technology is, is increasing and, and that'll get better. So he reckons if you live to, to the year 2050, you, there's a possibility you could live forever. So now, that's he, a, by the way, he's your age, isn't he? Yeah. And he, I think he's the director of Google. So you guys are on the same kind of. Uh, but I think you're going to actually outlive. Ray is that Kurzweil. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I mean, he's Ray is like stressing out. No, he's just sitting at Google and yeah, working yeah. his ass off in an air conditioned office, and you know, versus you're out getting breathing fresh air in the great outdoors, eating probably a much healthier diet than he is. Maybe he I does take two hundred pills. Oh yeah, every yeah. day. I have concerns about that, but so what are those concerns? How many pills do you take a day? I don't take any. And, really? And very rarely. Not even a fucking multivitamin? Very rarely do I take a multivitamin when I'm hiking. Sometimes I'll take B12. I try to go healthy vegan. And so sometimes I'll take a, a B12 and sometimes a multivitamin, but very rarely. And so generally I don't take any pills. And um, it's just pretty much, um, you know, natural food. I don't do the oils and bread and rice and potatoes. Not much. And... Um, you know, just try and eat whole foods. And, um, and so far it's worked. <laughs> but, l Sim, uh, look, I would, my position is more that vitamins, there have been studies that show that there's some benefits, that taking supplements mm. uh, have benefits. But there's also studies that show that it's basically expensive piss water. Yeah. You just piss it all away. And if anything, maybe you stress your kidneys because they got to process some of the shit. Um, but there's few studies that, unless you completely overdose on the mm. recommended levels, that say that vitamins are bad for you. In other words, that, that taking a lot of vitamins and taking this expensive you know, pills, multivitamins, all that stuff, are bad for you. So there's some studies that say it's good. Some studies that say it makes no difference. But I don't know of that many studies that say they're actu you're actually doing detrimental you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're hurting your body. Yeah, I think it depends. If you have a deficiency, then it's really important to get those vitamins and synthetic ones are, are, are okay. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, if I feel deficient, then I think it's important to do that. But what if you're not? I mean, they, in other words, what's the downside of taking multivitamins or, or maybe 10 different vitamins? Well, like you said, there's studies that show that if you get if you overdose in certain vitamins... Then, you know, I mean, vitamin A, you know, that increases cancer for people who smoke. Um, but you have to take so much. I mean, oftentimes these tests are like giving it to a lab rat and they're giving yeah. him like 20,000 percent more than he yeah. really needs. So if you're taking 200 pills a day, you're bound to be overdosing on something. Probably. And it's kind of better to me. It's better just to get the nutrition from the, the whole foods that we've, you know, uh, evolved with over the years. I'm I, I'm realizing something, Sim, is that I'm struggling to convince you on this issue. So I, I think I think use your. So I use need your to use my, my 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 final argument, my headlock. I'm going to put you in a headlock right now, and this is the argument that's going to win you over. 
you are a fucking asshole. <laughs> That's it. You win. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I, I lost again. Damn. Whenever I've got an argument with Sim, I use him in this kind of mental headlock. It's the, you're a fucking asshole. You're a stupid idiot. <laughs> and you this w- just like wins. I, I, I got you. You win again. <laughs> Surrender, see? So that's it. There you go. So, folks, if you're listening, you know, this is uh, in the future. If you ever need to win an argument with your house, your spouse, or your, your boss, just say, you know what? You're a fucking asshole. And then all of a sudden they're going to surrender just as easily as Sim just did. So there you have it there, guys. Take all the vitamins you want. So says Sim because he just realized that I'm right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, but, but really, come on. What if Ray Kurzweil is right? I mean, he's smarter than you. Yeah. I mean, right? So he might be actually... I mean, he's not going to be doing detriment. The guy wants to live forever. He, he could be doing so, I detriment. Mean, he's, if he's doing 200 No, pills. I didn't say he, he can't be doing detriment. It's like he wouldn't be doing it if he thought that he was hurting himself. Right, right. But he studied this subject. Logically, you know, you think if you take 200 pills and they're concentrated, I mean, there are side effects to everything you take. And so I would think that I, I would just think there's a probability that you may be doing harm and that it's better probability to only take medicine or supplements if you really need it. You know, if you have a deficiency, then it's it's and you can't supplement it in a, a, a natural way. You know, yeah, go for it. And, and vegans often have a deficiency in B12. B12, yeah. So sometimes I'll take B12. Sometimes I'll have some sardines and sometimes eggs, you know, if... And sometimes for cultural experience, um, then I'll then I'll I'll make exceptions. I'm not real strict, but generally I'll try and go uh, vegan. Um, you know, whole foods. Yeah. Right. So, and so your diet hasn't evolved in the last year, has it? It's more or less you're still uh, more or less change, or have you yeah. got any new insights? Uh, no, it's it, that's pretty much it. I mean, it, uh, it hasn't changed that much. Okay. Um, it's yeah, travel. I, I can seem. I can accommodate it. It's amazing. You know, any place, any any restaurant, they always have great options, and the sides are just fabulous. Yeah. What about um with your, you know, I I've been looking into annuities. Uh huh. Yeah. And you know, I just think that. We haven't had inflation since the 1970s in the United States, any serious inflation. And it just seems to me, I know, I think you have an annuity that does not adjust to inflation. Because they're very expensive. It increases 3% a year, but not to inflation. It doesn't, yeah, it's not tagged to inflation. Not tagged, no. Or whatever it's called, indexed to inflation. Yeah. Um, Because I just think that we're we're bound in the next, between now and the year 2050. Uh Uh-huh. To like have an inflation cycle because uh-huh. it just that's what happens in history in monetary history it, it just happens especially you know, in the United States in almost every country and so do you worry about that at all? Um, yeah, that's one. That's a concern. <coughs> um, since I bought it, you know, it's the inflation's been very stable. Of course, and, and it's been so stable since the 1970s. Yeah, yeah. So all of that, I'm making a really good return. You know. Uh, based on any other investments, uh, any stable investments, you know, like treasuries or, or something like that. Um, so, I mean, it could happen, and then you take a hit for it at the time. But in the meantime, um, 
you know, I mean, if we go for another 10 or 20 years at at steady inflation, and then all of a sudden we get a high inflation, then then you pay the price. But in the meantime, you know, it's it's an average over the years. And no matter what you invest in, you know, stock market or treasuries or, or, or um, you know, bonds or whatever, it's all, um, there's always a risk. And of course. so this is the risk I decided to take. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, and then it's too late to change. Uh, right. Right. Once you sign the dotted line, it's kind of like you're fixed? Yeah. Yeah. I got it fixed, uh, what is it, 10 years ago? Okay. So when I was 50, I bought it, and so and I don't get it until I'm 70, so three more years. And oh, I, so you don't even have I don't, any income right no, now no, from that? No, nothing from that, yeah. So, okay. But when I'm 70, then it kicks So where in. are you making the money to do some of these trips? I have and, a pension, okay. and then my ex-wife just tu- turned me on to Social Security where I can get half of her Social Security until I'm 70, and then I get my full Social Security, and then she gets half of mine when she turns 66 mm-hmm. so you know when she hits full retirement so um they they discontinued it but it's still for people who were born before 1954 then you you can still do it so <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah now let's talk a little bit more about the dark sides of of your way of life uh you kind mm-hmm. of alluded it to a little bit cuz you know you, you can't volunteer to organizations cuz you're often moving around so you can only do maybe just random events and mm-hmm. volunteer for a short event. Um, so there's that. And then there's, you mentioned that if there's a play or, or stuff like that, but what other downsides? I imagine like maybe forming bonds with a certain small group of people who regularly see each other. Cause that's another issue. I mean, yeah. I mean you and I, I mean, we would probably hang out much more with each other if you lived nearby but we just right. don't so you just drop in air drop in here every once in a while and then i see you but you don't have that kind of commonality except for i suppose your girlfriend but even your girlfriend you only see her once i mean it's sorry you know about once every two or three months right yeah. right so is that another downside i suppose well with my girlfriend sh- she and i both love that relationship because it's disneyland you know, honeymoon every time we we meet and so she's got her own life she has five grandkids and 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 when I'm with her, I do try to do exactly what she wants to do, and then when she leaves, then I do everything else that I would have wanted to do. Right. So it's great for her, and and I really enjoy it for myself. But you're right. Um, we're not. Uh, I try and schedule like the months of November and December to hit California, and visit friends and relatives. Then, you know, in these areas. So you're right. I don't get to see them throughout the year. You know, it's not like every day I, or every week I I visit with people. So, um, but I, you know, I'm I'm happy. You know, you kind of <laughs> you you get your fill of people, and then you go off and do your thing, and then you get to see them again, and it, right. it's all nice because you get to catch up on their lives and yeah, and what they've been doing. Yeah, I mean, but <clears throat> what about the side of you and a lot of people especially women who tend to really love to create a home environment yes. but, but but even men of course do it too but and i'm guilty of it too sometimes part of me would love to just have like a home base i use my mom's house as a, a home base effectively mm. much to her chagrin but <laughs> do you sometimes miss having just a simple crash pad i mean you could easily spend like 10 grand and just buy a little crash pad somewhere in like some cheap third world country yeah you know so yeah. You don't. You feel like that would then just be a storage unit for your shit. Yeah, and I had one for about 
three years, and I was never there. You know, I, I had a place, and I had that, all that my stuff. San Orlando? San Ramon. San Ramon, yeah. Yeah, and I had all my stuff in there. And I, I wasn't there, and I never used the stuff. And so I finally said, told my landlord, I said, here's all my stuff. You can sell it and get them. It was probably $10,000. And I said, here it all is. Yeah. And I just packed everything in. I have like two suitcases, small suitcases, and, and uh, two backpacks and a bicycle. And you have a bicycle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have a bicycle now? Yeah. My my Where, uh, Oh, you my get ex, it at Patty's list? My yeah, it's at Patty's. My ex-wife okay. got a new Lexus and I got a new bicycle. <laughs> $5,000 one. <laughs> wow. What is it? A mountain bike or is it a uh, hybrid? It's a street bi- bike um uh steel lugged and a long distance steel? It's not yeah. it's yeah. not carbon fiber no, or whatever. Uh-uh. Yeah. $5,000 doesn't get you carbon fiber? No. I I how, got the steel and uh, how can it's you more get... comfortable. Oh. And it doesn't break, you know. It, oh, so st- Carbon fiber has the penalty of potentially breaking. Yeah, yeah, it's not I and mean, it's stiff, and stiff. It's lighter, but it's it's stiffer. It's it's less comfortable. Um, I rode it across the America. Uh, okay, that same 2014, one. 2014. Yeah, but you haven't used it much since. Uh, not recently because it's kind of parked at her house. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. not recently. Okay, but, yeah. but but I'm yeah. I want to take the. There's a bicycle ride across uh, Canada. You know, it goes from uh, Vancouver up to the Arctic and then back down across to Newfoundland. Wow. And so I want to do that. That's going to be intense. Yeah. (laughs) How far north does it go? Uh, Up to the Arctic. No kidding. Yeah, Beaumont, uh, Beaufort. That's farther than going across the United States. Yeah, 15,000 miles is the. And there's not supposed to be any cars on it. Yeah. Yeah. But you would think that you would need a mountain bike because it's not all paved. Right. I think it's, it's um, yeah, there's gravel roads, but I don't think you need a mountain bike. It's okay. not a, a, a hybrid trail. might be or just thicker tires? Uh, thicker tires is yeah, what I'll get. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. And that's got to be fun because then you, you're getting up to the Arctic when it's like no no night. Yeah. So you could theoretically, I mean, it physically Yeah, 24 it's hard. hours. Yeah, you could just like bike. I remember this one people who did a thousand kilometers in the Arctic. Uh, walking with no resupply. Wow. It was Mr. Dr. Ryan of the backpackinglight.com. Oh, oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Dr. Ryan went there with two other guys and they were going to they were trying to do an experiment like how far could a human being walk with no resupply. Wow. And the goal was to get to 1000 kilometers and he broke his or didn't break. I don't know if he broke it, but anyway, he twisted his ankle. And he was out after like maybe 100, 200 kilometers. Another guy keeled over around maybe 500, 600. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on the statistic. Wow. But one dude, his name is Ronan. He did Runnin. the 1,000 kilometers with no resupply. Wow. And wow. over just wild country. Yeah. I think they, they searched around looking for the most remote place in the United States. And yeah. it was in Alaska somewhere. Here's the point of the story is that their strategy was interesting because because they went during June when the sun basically doesn't set. Yeah. To minimize their their weight, they would hike during the night. Uh. So they would hike from which were the cool hours. Yeah. Uh, the cool the coldest time period. So from ten a.m. Sorry, ten p.m. or whatever until like I don't know. Oh nine, yeah, that's right? a good idea. And then they would sleep during the warm hour hours. So therefore, they could take a lighter sleeping bag yeah or quilt yeah. yeah just quilt right and and therefore minimize their the amount of warm clothes that they had to bring because yeah. 
they would be sleeping in the warmest time of day and hiking during the coldest time of day. And since it's day all the time, they maximize. It was very brilliant. Yeah, I thought. yeah. I thought it was a great, great yeah, strategy. Yeah, what a good idea. So therefore, I mean, but probably your bike ride is a structured one. I mean, imagine with resupply points. It's not just like random people just doing this. Is yeah, it the an organized, It's an organized trip. Oh, no, no. I would do it by myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's totally. And I'd probably meet people on the way. Okay, so got it. Okay, so it's like. Yeah, it's not an organized like because when you biked across America, it was organized. It was organized. Yeah, right, that right, was that yeah. was easy. Right. Was, so this one will be a lot more intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're going to have to figure out the resupply places. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'll just load up with nuts and seeds and 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 then make it to the next motel and <laughs> right know, or or camping. Right. Places. But you just got to make sure that there's um, resupply points. But I imagine yeah. with a bike, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can go a lot farther. You can go a lot farther, but and and even if you, even if the next village is four hundred kilometers apart, not a big deal. As long as you've got four days of food, yeah, you could easily make it. Yeah, as long as the terrain is not that hilly, and it's not that it's pretty flat up in northern Canada. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and where the roads go, it's it's, it's not always too bad. relatively. But still, it's not going to be a okay. So is that your twenty twenty plan? No. No, that's probably twenty twenty two. Tw- uh, wow. Okay, so let's talk about this. Yeah, 2020, I, I want to do the finish the Continental Divide Trail and go down to Brazil and go to Germany. And I have relatives now in Norway that I want to visit. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll head over there. Uh, oh, and we're going to do a Midwest tour. Patty's never seen like Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Okay, so okay. we're renting a car in Salt Lake City and doing I've not tour. seen Mount Rushmore. Yeah, either, it's I'm awesome. Sure it's, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see that 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 dude, the the Indian. Dude. Indian, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, Crazy Horse. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I just rode by there <laughs> a okay. couple months ago. But you saw it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the next year, I want to. I have my sister grew, um, uh, spent 15 years in southern China, and with her kids, uh, they were missionaries. And then they were in Thailand for five years, and now they're in Taiwan for the last five years. And so I want to take them back to where they grew up, and they're fluent in Chinese. And so I want to do um, southern China with them, and then also Cambodia and Vietnam, and then meet Patty in Japan. And spend a couple months there with her, and then take go head over to do more of China and take the um, uh, Mongolian Express up to uh, Russia and take the Trans-Siberian Express to Moscow, and then follow your your stead and hit Eastern Europe and work my way down to through Croatia and to Greece and meet Patty down there, and then uh, I want to do the Croatian Trail. I don't even know about it. Yeah, yeah. Where, does it go along the coast or along the mountains? I don't know. I think it's along the mountains. Um, okay. Gut Hook has an app for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so that I always follow the Gut yeah. Hook stuff. Although yeah. um, Nancy Huber uh, yeah. <laughs> was complaining about how poor it was for the Pacific Northwest Trail. Yeah, yeah. But um, maybe the Croatian Trail is a bit more Yeah, he was date. great on, on the CDT, Continental Divide yeah, Trail, sure. and then also the... Um, um, uh, Camino de Santiago. Is it. the CDT since you did it more recently, far more recently than I have? Is it getting crowded? I mean, like, not, well, I shouldn't say crowded, but in other words, like, is there is it up to two hundred people a year, three hundred? Yeah, I think maybe three or four hundred. Okay. Yeah, yeah so but it wasn't up. crowded at all. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but, but well, three hundred uh, people over three thousand miles. Yeah, is a lot <laughs> more on the co- on the Colorado Trail. That yeah, we're hiking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no, it was. Although I didn't see uh, in all of the state of Colorado. 
I only saw two snowmobilers and two skiers. Oh, is that right? Because <laughs> I walked, I went through May, okay. the month of May. What about coming back? <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, on the way back, I was coming through in September. Uh-huh. And so there wasn't a whole ton of people either. Oh, not either. Yeah, okay. not in September because it starts to get pretty cold in September. Yeah. In the Colorado mountains. Yeah, when I hit it, there was a lot of kids from college that were doing the hike. You know, it's kind of, okay, now, I, I, now I'm going to do the hike, and then I go back to school. July, so August? I think it was September. Oh, okay, September. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like I that. don't remember seeing a whole lot of people because I was there in September, and I had to get out. I was aiming to get out by October 1st, and I think I did. Wow. Anyway. I, w- I, I think of you when I go on that hike. I think, man... To go up and then come back in the same season, man, yeah, <laughs> I, go, I can barely do it in three years. <laughs> in one way. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just thought of a crazy thing about China. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to China? Do you think, because they are a fascinating country, because mm. I don't think we've ever had a country that has such a high GDP per capita. Not that it's that high, but anyway, it's getting it's, high. It's, it is getting yeah, high. Yeah, it's getting high GDP per capita, but... That is still not a democracy. Right. Like right. a true democracy. Yeah. Usually what happens is as they're, they're, they climb up the GDP per capita ladder, they convert at some point into a democracy. And yet China has not done this. So what do you think is going to happen in this 2020s? Do you think they're going to have... Because right now as we're recording this, I think there's still protests in Hong Kong. Yeah. But do you think it's going to devolve or do you think they're just going to stay as they more or less are. I guess it's it's a hope, but I'm thinking the pressure from Hong Kong and then Taiwan too, you know, if they want to integrate those two into China, that China's going to have to evolve and become more open and more democratic. I mean, and I think the liberal democracies, I think they are can be more successful because they can evolve better. I mean, China's been really lucky in that their dictatorship has kind of pointed them in the right direction economically. But I think as they get more challenges and they need to get more people, you know, that are backing the changes that, that occur, I, uh, I'm i thinking that they they have to go more democratic and think about what people want rather than, you know, the dictators. How, how long are they going to be able to keep making good decisions? You know, I mean, they're they're kind of screwing up with the Uyghurs, and you the know what the Uyghurs over in eastern, uh, I'm sorry, in western China. You know, the they've they've um, like Tibet imprisoned, yeah, or or north of Tibet. Okay, they imprisoned like a million Uyghurs. Oh, I haven't even followed that U-G-H-E-R. at all. U G H E R. If it's not in Africa, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's, you know, I don't know, I I, I, I meet a lot of the Chinese travelers. And they're the ones I meet are kind of sad that they don't have they can't don't have freedom of speech and they don't have a real democracy. So but it's nice they're sad and it's nice they're able to travel and see other parts. But Did you say it's nice that they're sad? Yeah. Yeah. That they that they they wish that they had a better oh, uh, a democracy and they wish that they could speak freely. So you think it might happen? I and, think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, I think it might happen that we could go the other way, <laughs> you know. So, and, and which, you know, some cases it, it seems like that. So, you know, we could go either way, but I, I hope we don't. So it's December 2019. <laughs> What's your prediction of who's going to win the nomination for the Democratic Party and 
who's then going to win the November election. <laughs> so we're nearly a year away, and you're going to make a prediction here. Oh my who's going to win the nomination? <laughs> Not who you want okay. to win. Okay. We can talk about that later, but who do you think is going to actually well, get Well, probability the right now, I would, I would think um, Biden, and I'm thinking Biden. Just probabilities. Okay, so that's who you think is going to win yeah. the nomination. Okay, and then assuming you're right, yeah. which, of course, you're never right. I'm, I, lost, <laughs> I lost big time in the last election. <laughs> right. Um, and so did I. <laughs> Spectacularly I've wrong. I've got five no, you, cents with your mom wait, I might wait, win. That's right. No, but you, you made a prediction. Like, how wrong were you in the election? I was horrible. Like yeah. in 2016 election? I think election? we did percentages. I did 10%. You thought that 10% of the electorate? Electoral votes or the of the of the popular vote? Yeah, it would go to Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Was yeah. it the popular or the electoral vote? I can't remember uh, what we said. But, but you said ten percent. I told you you're mad, <laughs> but I you're crazy. But I think I said thirty. Yeah, something like 35. that. Twenty or thirty. And then yeah. I think Scott Williamson, our other buddy, he Williams. said. Scott Williams, yeah, um, said forty percent, something thirty so, or forty. Yeah, but he still said he was going to lose. But he he, he was the highest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but we were all three of us were wrong. Yeah, but yeah. he was the least wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but you were the most wrong. So <laughs> I nobody, we, I don't even know so why I'm asking for me. your fucking advice. <laughs> That's because I'm an asshole. <laughs> exactly, because you're an asshole. <laughs> um, but seriously, so okay, so you think that Biden's going to win, and the nomination, and then when he goes head to head against Trump, do you actually think he's going to win? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And then by Probably. what percentages now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. How much of the electoral vote will he get? Um, well, if they release Trump's taxes, <laughs> which won't happen. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm hope. Well, I'm hoping, but hope is not. A, I know. Uh, is not a prediction. Hope. Yeah. I, I, I'd say sixty percent goes to Biden. Okay, sixty percent of the. Of the electoral vote. Yeah, I'll say electoral. Like electoral, because yeah. definitely not 60% of the popular vote, I don't yeah. think, is going to go. Because most elections don't get above much higher. It, most winners in the popular vote are in the 50s, uh-huh. I think, for many decades now. Yeah. I could be wrong about that, but I think if you look at all the elections in the last 50 years, the winner in the popular vote doesn't go above 60. Yeah. I think I, I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, no, Clinton was what? 55 well clinton once ran against three people so i think he won only like 40 percent. no i mean mrs clinton oh that clinton (laughs) she she got 50 (laughs) 54 yeah well she won the popular vote yeah yeah but anyway okay so now who do you want to win the nomination uh i i think my favorite is uh cory booker okay and um or amy klobuchar okay but um you know i can go with either one of those amy klobuchar just bored yeah anybody but (laughs) they made a saturday night live skit about her oh is that right like she has this strange mannerism. Oh, so that's the only does. thing I've ever seen. Okay. I've only seen the actor playing Amy Coehler. Oh, okay. I've actually yeah, heard her speak. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, cool. Yeah. And then, so, all right, interesting. I'm gonna. Pre- I'm predicting that Buttigieg. Oh, Buttigieg is okay. going to win. And and, and the, the reason I'm predicting that he's going to win, not only the nomination but actually, is that I'm basing my theory on kind of the mirror images right. thing. And so. We often pick presidents that we go through cycles. We like one type of president, and then the country goes and picks almost like the mirror image of that president mm. later. Yeah, yeah. So you have, I think I told you this last night, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, but for those who are not listening, it's just like you had Eisenhower, and then you get John F. Kennedy. Yeah, I think, old to young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you go from John F. Kennedy to Nixon, right? Or Johnson to Nixon. Yeah, sorry, Johnson Nixon. Thank you. 
yeah. and then um and then Nixon you go to Carter so you oh, go from Ford. the crook yeah, yeah. okay but he, Ford wasn't elected yeah yeah just but Republicans yeah, yeah. but but I mean I'm just thinking like the nation pick they said okay they associated Ford with the exactly. corrupt thing so they picked the most honest do-gooding guy yeah. possible which was Jimmy Carter yeah and then Jimmy Carter we go to a movie star yeah Ronald Reagan yeah and then well then in that case it was kind of breaks the theory because Bush wasn't he was he's kind of boring but I mean Bush senior yeah and then um and then we but pick he only lasted one one term and then we go pick Clinton bill yeah and then um young guy Democrat yeah young guy Democrat right and then and then we go to a mirror image of bill which is you yeah. know kind of like uh, George C- uh, Jr., Junior, yeah. um, who's kind of like, you know, Bill Clinton was very sharp and, you know, like well-spoken and that kind of stuff, Rhodes Scholar. And then, you, yeah, George W. Bush went to Harvard Business School, but so the so did I. And look how dumb we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, and an asshole, too. <laughs> an asshole, too. So, uh, so we went that way. And, and, and then now the mirror image of Bush went to Obama. Yeah. Kind of another total switch yeah. and then from obama the slick really well-spoken harvard law guy by the way yeah there <laughs> um, you go. um so that's a secret go to law school not the business <laughs> not school an <laughs> <laughs> yeah not an asshole. and then went to donald trump yeah. who's like a complete mirror image yeah. of, of 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 i mean because donald trump wasn't born in kenya he was born in america like you said Buttigieg will be a a uh, mirror image of trump right i mean the guy is like in so many ways a mirror image of trump yeah so that's i'm just thinking that's because he's harvard too isn't he yeah maybe or yale harvard i think okay um but if you look at uh what's his name biden biden is not enough of a mirror image oh maybe Oh. You know, he's kind of different, you know, yeah. but he's kind of also a straight talking dude who just like s- speaks off the cuff, uh-huh. kind of like Donald Trump does, oh, could be. you know, yeah. like they're Donald the same Trump. Age. <laughs> yeah, they're the same age. Right. And, yeah. and so there's just not that much of a stark contrast. Yeah. I mean, yes, policy wise, they differ in many yeah. ways, but even that they're not radically different. I mean, he's a moderate Democrat. It's not like then again, Buttigieg is pretty moderate as well. I mean, uh-huh. he's not like. Some, but Buttigieg looks totally sane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus <laughs> Biden, Biden, right? Which is a stark change from <laughs> our current president, who's just like has many. Uh, anyway, we know, all know how he behaves. Um, even his fans recognize, you know, that mm-hmm. this. And so, versus um, Biden, kind of like has a bit of a wild side to him. Mm. You know, he swears. You know. He he does he challenges just, seniors to push ups. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So he does he does just he's a, he's a bit he's got a bit of a Trump kind of ishness. Yeah. He's anyway he's not a mirror image. So that's why I'm going with Buttigieg to to win the nomination and to win the election. Wow. So, okay, good. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah, so, it will be. Um, so Always fun. we'll we'll see uh, who's 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 uh, who who's going to win. Last night we had a great opportunity to go to uh, the. Um, Garrison Keeler. Garrison, I can't pronounce that name. Yeah, yeah. I just know. Yeah, he had Prairie his Home Christmas Companion. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah Prairie Home Companion. Companion yeah. We're going on a cruise on in March uh, yeah. w- with his, uh, they do a Caribbean cruise, but a lot of times they, we did a Norwegian cruise and the Baltic and the Mediterranean. So this year it's the Caribbean. So he's always fun. 
Sim, it's always a pleasure to have you on board. And uh, I miss you and hope that I, you're continuing to be an inspirational figure to me. And I think I hope to a lot of other people who listen to this. And I uh, hope you never stop and that you don't slow down and you stay healthy and you live to mm, maybe a billion years old. <laughs> there you go. One billion. <laughs> After that, you better <laughs> fucking die because I'll start getting tired of you. Because I'm going for two billion. There you go. Asshole. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Francis. You're an inspiration. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye-bye. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember FTAPON. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash FTAPON. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the Wander Learn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.